Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Normal Books. My name is Kaylin. How are you guys doing today? I am good, but extremely tired. Um, I got off work. I got off work at 11 last night, which is fine. Usually time I get off work or get home. And uh, uh, I fell asleep probably about 1230. And my alarm went off at 430 in the morning. Because I was supposed to be at work at 6.30. And I get a text from one of my coworkers telling me that I didn't have to come into work today. So I have now a full day off. Except for I woke up at 4.30 for no reason. I mean, it's, it's okay. But I'm, I know I'm just going to be tired throughout the day now. Um... But I keep on telling myself I got this extra day off. So I can go to Sandusky, which is the town kind of close to us that actually has a that actually has a good mall. Um, and get some shopping done there because there's a few things I need to get. And uh, so I'm not drinking my normal energy drink that I drink when I have like a sleep right now. I just got a Diet Pepsi in front of me. Because... Uh, if I'm going to Sandusky, they've got uh, a couple Starbucks there. So I can just like hit up a Starbucks and grab a coffee and try to wake my ass up that way. Though I did hear this about Sandusky. I got really, really excited about this. So if there's anyone that lives in Ohio that has not seen the news article yet that lives around Sandusky area... They're putting a Raising Cane's in Sandusky that opens in, in, like, a couple weeks. Do you know how excited I am? I fucking love Raising Cane's. Um, if you don't know what Raising Cane's is, it is, like, the best chicken joint that I've had, that I've really ever had. I, I, every time that I'm in Columbus, I usually always stop and get Raising Cane's to eat. Um... So, and I have to tell you, it's really good, too, when you're hungover. Like, usually, usually, like, if I'm hungover and I'm going to get something to eat, I get, like, Wendy's or a place where I can just get the greasiest burger I can find. Because I don't know what it is, but greasy food on a hangover is fucking delicious. Everyone's just like, and, and, and here's the thing, drunk, if you're drunk and you're going to go get food, that's Taco Bell. You never eat Taco Bell hungover. I don't know what it is, but half the time you're just like, no. I, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just remembered a story. Um, my friend Brett, I love him to death. Back when I was a senior in high school, I was their DD for the night. We went to a party. Fuck. Um, we were out in the boonies. And uh, it was my friend Megan's then boyfriend. I think it was his house that uh, we were having the party at. So I was the DD, which was fine. By the end of the night, everyone is blitzed. 
So my friends are just like, oh, let's go to Taco Bell. And I'm just like, okay, well, if you want to go to Taco Bell, we have to go now. It's almost two in the morning. They close at two. By the time I could herd them into my car, it was after two. So the only thing that was left open was McDonald's. And McDonald's at that time wasn't 24 hours. It would it closed at like three, four in the morning. So we had a little bit of a window to get to McDonald's still. So everything was fine, but I realized once I herded everyone back to my back into my car, I should have borrowed someone else's car. Because have you ever tried to herd four drunk people into a two-door car before? It is a fucking circus in itself. And that is what I had. I remember driving down the highway and, and I had a center for a moonroof. Whichever one can open. I don't know which one the fuck that's called. But I remember my friend Brett, he stood up. But, and this is like 2, 2.30 in the morning. Hands up, screaming, I'm the king of the world. Granted, it's like early March, so it's still somewhat cold out. And he's just like having the time of his life. And I'm yelling at him. I'm just like, Brett, sit the fuck down. I'm not getting arrested today. <laughs> he, he finally sits down. We get to McDonald's. We order. We're just waiting on the food. And Brett's just like, I don't feel good. Brett's sitting in the back and he's sitting in the middle. So I hurry up and I'm looking for a plastic bag or something. So then I'm just like, everyone just get the fuck out of the car. Hurry up, hurry up. Barely gets his head up when he starts throwing up. And right when he starts throwing up is right when the, um, the employee for McDonald's comes out with our food. And I look at him and I'm just like, I am so sorry. We get in our car. We get in the car and leave. So. Oh. That was a fun time though. Jesus Christ. Um, so. One one more quick. Um, um, story of alcohol. Right here. And, and th again. This is a story of me not drinking too. I, I didn't have a. I didn't drink at all at this time either. I was at my cousin Carla's wedding. And I had gotten off of work late. Um, I had to go in early in the morning or something like that. So I wasn't able to make it to the wedding, but I was able to make it to the reception. So I didn't feel like drinking. I was just so tired. Um, and... I remember getting there and my great aunt, Anne, she, after, after a while, she goes, Callan, can you get me a, a glass of wine? I'm just like, oh, sure. What do you want? Because they had the boxed wine. So they had a Chardonnay and they had a Merlot. She goes, well, can you get me a, um, a glass with a half Chardonnay, half Merlot? Sure, sure, Aunt Anne, I can do that for you. So I get her that, and she takes a drink of it. She goes, "Ooh, ooh, I, I need something else in this. I need a, I need a mixer." 
So she goes, well, what else do they have over there that you can mix? So I'm naming off like everything that we have. So I'm thinking she's going to say Sprite or, or lemonade or something like that. No, no. She goes, Kaylin, can you get me a mixer of Mountain Dew? So she mixed Mountain Dew with Merlot and Chardonnay. And she drank that and said it was the tastiest thing she ever had. <sighs> How? How is that tasty? How? Please explain that to me. I've never had Chardonnay. I've never had Merlot. I don't know if they're dry wines or if they're sweet wines. I literally cannot drink dry wines because it gives me an instant headache. So I've never really branched. Like I mostly, I'm going to drink wine. It's going to be a Moscato. Most likely. A lot of them are the Moscato Desati is what I drink for the most. Um, I actually have a box of six bottles of wine coming to my house. Should be here in the next couple of days. Um, I'm so excited. I got, uh, um, I, I found a card that was just like $100 off. I'm just like, fuck yes. So instead of paying $150 for six bottles of wine, which now thinking about it is really expensive, but I ended up getting it for like 50 bucks. So that's roughly, I mean, they, they're decent. I like, I looked at the prices of them. They're like $30 a piece. So I, I mean, it's a pretty good deal. I don't know. Um, usually if I buy wine, it's like a $9 bottle of wine. Like, I, I don't know wine. I don't know. Usually if I drink, it's vodka. Like, truthfully. Every once in a while, it's whiskey. But it's usually vodka of some sort. Um, I don't really have anything else. Because we're going to get into our book now. So the book that we have today is Worth It by C.M. Owens and S.M. Shade. Um, we have actually done a book by C.M. Owens before we did her series, uh, Mindfuck, under her pen name, S.T. Abby. Uh, if you remember, she was a USA Today bestselling author. She wrote under the pen names... Christy Cunning, and S.T. Abbey. Now about S.M. Shade. She is a full-time writer who is addicted to iced coffee, sunshine, love stories, and men with full sexy lips. Mm. Uh, not always in that order. She grew up in Indianapolis, but now lives in a small town in Kentucky. She started out writing as a teenager, and then as an adult, she, re she rediscovered that love. Our characters in this are Henley, Kasha, Lydia, Anderson, Jane, Roman, Davis, and Monica. You know, when I was younger... I always thought, like, if I have a, if I have kids and if I have a son, I would want to name him Roman Davis. I'm not 100% set on that name anymore. I mean, I like it. And I, I do want to incorporate Davis into a name uh, uh, some way that is my mom's maiden name. 
So I just kind of want to incorporate that in. So I just have to figure out how. Um, be, uh, before we get into this, it's not a trigger warning, but I will put up a caution. Uh, if you are reading or listening to this, please, at no point in time, uh, try to ingest any sort of liquids because um, if you are taking a drink of something and something hilarious comes up, you will spit it out everywhere. I have done it. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Henley, Kasha, and Lydia, they've all been best friends for years. They've been through so much together with their breakups, with traumatic events that happened to them, such as uh, Kasha getting into having an accident to where she lost a um, majority of her forearm, I believe it was her forearm, and becoming an amputee. The girls are set to go on a week-long vacation. Um, it's to Kasha's stepbrother's wedding. Now, that wedding is also Lydia's ex's wedding, and he is marrying the girl that he cheated on Lydia with. Before they go on the trip... Henley's dating someone. Right before they go, though, she breaks up with them because she finds them in bed with someone else. And so she's taking her clothes and throwing it um, out the window, or taking his clothes, throwing them out the window. So they land on the roof and on the ground. They land in the trees. So she's going fully single. So all three girls are singles. Um... So they decide that they're going to do a road trip instead of flying. Mostly because it would have been last minute tickets because Lydia had made up her mind just days before the wedding that she wanted to go. Every So the, the drive down there is fine. Um, it's not until they actually get to... Kasha's mom and stepdad's place that things go not so great for them. Now, Kasha is already this very uh, accident-prone person. Um, I think she says that she's just very clumsy, maybe. Or she's just, or she calls herself accident prone. I cannot remember the exact wording of that. Um, but like as soon as she gets there, she trips and falls and like face plants into a puddle of mud. So they all take the bags up to the room that they're sharing and she goes into the bathroom. Now this bathroom is a Jack and Jill bathroom, which means there's not only a door that leads to her bedroom, but there's also a door that leads into another bedroom. Now after the shower, she goes in she goes to the door that she believes is to her bedroom and it's not no, no, it's not. And, uh, and she finds out after she leaves the room, after having a verbal sparring with the man in the room, who she then, who she finds out later is Roman. 
Um, as she's walking back to her room, she is uh, in the bathroom. She looks, she realizes the towel's a tad too short and it's not covering her butt. So uh, she gave a practical stranger a free show. Now, she also has this thing for wearing funny underwear. Now, when I say funny underwear, I mean it's got funny sayings on it. Um, so underwear that she, that we find out that she wears, um, one that says fart loading and it's got like a percentage bar going up, um, uh, danger zone. But, uh, she, they're at, I want to say this was at a, they went to a club and a lot of the wedding uh, partying guests were there and um, she's dancing and they spike the punch and everything else. So they're dancing, they're doing all this. She leaves the girls on the dance floor and she goes and to the bathroom. When she comes out, she doesn't realize anything's amiss until a Roman comes up right behind her and she tries to move. He's just like, you really don't want to do that. She had tucked her dress into her underwear. Now, every time that I'm at a function where I have to wear a dress, I'd, I am so scared of that. Mostly because for me, when I have to, when I wear a dress, I have to wear like girdle underwear. I know, I know, TMI, TMI, who cares at this point? Um... But I am so scared of accidentally tucking my dress into my underwear. Like, I am so scared because I know how far that underwear comes up. And, I mean, that'd be a lot to show. Um, so it turns out that the underwear that she has on, she put on backwards, which... I'm, how, how do you not notice that? Because I'm, I'm sorry, it's going to feel different. As a person who did that when they were really young and they were hurrying to get ready for, it was a dance of some sort and I put my underwear on backwards, I realized it was very uncomfortable, but I was already at the place that we were having the dance. I couldn't change it. It would, it would have been too awkward. Um, but how do you not feel that? Like, like, how do you not realize? But the underwear on this one, so if you look at it the right way, if it, if it was on the correct way, it would say on the JJ, one at a time, please. And on the butt, it would say no entry. So she had that on backwards. So on the JJ it said no entry. On the butt, it said one at a time, please. Not everything's going smoothly for Henley as well. Um, she finds out that one of the guests that are there is her somewhat ex. Um, now this is Davis. Her and Davis had known each other since they were kids. They started a secret relationship when they were when she was sixteen and he was eighteen. And then um, she lost her virginity to him when she was 18 and he was 20. 
But here's here's a th- here's what happened. So she, they slept together. He leaves the next morning, and he never returns. This is the first time that she's seen him, and seen or heard from him in eight years. It turns out that Davis is distantly related to the bride, and Henley's not letting her self get close to him because she has that fear of I'm gonna get close to him I'm sorry but I have goosebumps all over my body right now and I don't know what from and I just feel them just like oh I don't know what it is but it was such a weird feeling like my body just like electrified oh I swear to God, my house is haunted. Ghosts probably walk past me. I don't know. So, um, but no, she's so afraid that, like, she's going to get close to him again. And then he's just going to take off and leave. Now, Henley, not Henley, Kasha had left earlier in the night after the underwear incident. She left. She went back to the house. So, she's gone. We don't have to... The, uh, Lydia and Henley don't have to worry about her, but as soon as they start to leave, Anderson comes up and he's just like, and he's telling Jane that Lydia is a family friend, which is just hurtful in itself. Like, the dude can't even man up and say, this is my ex. And Jane is basically telling him that the only reason they were invited was because they felt like they had to um, invite the lower class which i'm sorry but fuck you i i the snooty people i'm not a big fan of i don't know why they think that they can always like look down on people and it's like no 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 during for during this entire week the girls Really, it's just Henley and Kasha. They've already decided that they're going to do all these little pranks. And some of these pranks include putting laxatives in Anderson's water. Because they're doing what they call the Wedding Olympics. Which is basically like a whole bunch of fun shit that I want to do. So you got like obstacle courses, um, three-legged race, scavenger hunt, things like that. I've actually done a scavenger hunt for my friends. Oh God, it was either her 17th or 18th birthday. I think it was her 17th birthday. And so her parents and her brother put together a scavenger hunt. And there was only, I think with all the people that were there besides her, there's only two other people that were old enough to drive. So we did a scavenger hunt for it. And one of it was to get the signature or a picture of a teacher. So we, me and my brother, we had the number for a teacher, but I knew that he was going to go to her. I also live not too far from my um, old English teacher so at like 12:30 at night we go to our house we're like knocking on our door we're just like sorry mrs crockett we're so we don't mean to bother you but uh can you sign this for us 
so we told her what it was and then uh, when I had her in class the like on Monday or whatever, I she was just like, So, um, can we not have that ever happen again? I'm just like, can do. Can do. So they put uh laxatives in Anderson's water, which then they do this right before the obstacle course. So he's drinking that water all throughout. So he's running towards the porta potties that they have. And Kasha realizes that there's a tractor and that there's chain. So she hooks the porta potty up to the chain on the tractor. She tells these kids that were known for being troublemakers that she's just like, hey, do you know where this, um, where the owner of the tractor is? They're just like, well, you and if we knew, we wouldn't tell you. She goes, oh, well, I just wanted to let him know that his keys were still in his ignition. So she suddenly told them, hey, Take this tractor and go fuck shit up. So they do. So Anderson comes tumbling out of that porta potty after it falls, just covered in piss and shit. Henley, with the help of Davis, uh, they switched out eggs for the egg toss. Now, the eggs were originally supposed to be hard boiled eggs, which, where's the fun in that? So they, they switch them out for fresh eggs or raw eggs. And they also found rotten eggs so um anderson was partners with someone else that was not jane jane was partnered with a different guy so unfortunately for their partners both jane and anderson got the rotten eggs so that was funny um anderson ended up taking a rotten egg to the face i believe the maid of honor her name was bernadette she was originally supposed to um so bernadette was supposed to get all the entertainment and everything for the bachelorette party unfortunately she forgot or did or they never showed up something like that so um henley and kasha tell monica monica is also kasha's mom um, she's just like, they're just like, oh, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. We got everything under, under control. What they do is they go to the sex toy shop, which is called Scarlet Toys, which hopefully will be get to the series that kind of revolves a little bit around that. Uh, they go there and they get a whole bunch of different stuff. They find this dick fountain where it's a fountain that looks like a dick. And uh, I think it's supposed to be like encased in a thong. But as soon as like it gets uh, like any cold liquid goes out, the thong disappears and everything shows. So they get that. They get inflatable penises where they can joust. Um and, and, and just a couple other things. Kasha, like once they're setting up for the party, she also sends out a tweet saying that there's this gigantic party happening. And, they, and the girls also, they get strippers. Now, I've been to a couple different bachelorette parties. We've never had strippers. Um, but I have been to some male reviews. And those are nice. The strippers get there. Monica and Jane are not happy, but they know everyone else is. Um, They find out 
too late that someone had spiked the champagne. Now, the champagne was what was going through the dick fountain. Um, someone had spiked it with ecstasy. Now, Lydia, as far as we know, was the only one who did not drink the champagne. Do we think she was the one who spiked it? No, because why would she spike her best friends? Or why would she drug her best friends? And so everything kind of takes a turn for a worse, turn for worse when everyone, including the strippers, start throwing up because of the spiked champagne. Now to make it up to Anderson, Kasha is just like, you know what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get you strippers for your bachelor for your bachelor party. Don't worry about it. So she does that. She orders. She pays them extra because of the incident that happened beforehand. And she goes, I want your most popular package now. Their most popular package is not what you're thinking. It definitely was not what I was thinking. Um so the guys are having their party in the boathouse because obviously um, they can't have it where the bachelorette party was, which was the ballroom. Can't have it in there. What house has a ballroom? I don't even know what a ballroom is supposed to look like. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, the nicest house I've ever been in. And I think it had two living rooms. I've never been into a place that had a ballroom. Um, unless I count hotels, which hotels are not, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't, I don't count hotels as houses. Um, so the girls, they sneak over to the boathouse and they're just watching through the windows. It turns out that, um, Kasha didn't order strippers. She ordered a dominatrix. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. So they find she, the dominatrix asks where Anderson is, says it's him. They put a ball gag on him. They strip him down to his boxers and she is getting ready with a, like a, a dildo to penetrate him and so she's Kasha's hurry up she's like reading through everything what she ordered and she's just like she knows that she really fucked up she did not mean for this to happen this was completely not what she was supposed to order so she finds out that if the customer wants to um safe word they have to say llama so she yells out you have to say llama say llama so with the ball gig it comes out like yama so everyone so the girls hurry up they get the fuck out of there before anderson can come and retaliate in whatever way he can or does Henley is getting close throughout, closer to Davis throughout this week, and she is extreme, extremely still scared about that. So she does ask him. She goes, "Why did you leave the first time?" And he tells her that um, he had all like when he left that morning, he had all the intentions of coming back that afternoon. 
that they were going to tell her brother that they were going to make a go of it. And when he got home, he found this voicemail um, from a hospital in Nashville saying that his mother had OD'd, that she's there, and he was he wanted to go. But his dad, but he got into a fight with his dad, but he ended up still going there. And it wasn't until like a couple weeks or so later that um, he got in touch with Henley's brother. And he's just like, yeah, she's doing good. She's in college. And so he decided, you know what, I don't want, I didn't want to bring you into what I was dealing with. So I just, I thought it was just better for you to go on with your own life than kind of being saddled down or like, um, saddled with what I was dealing with. And his mom, unfortunately passed away a little bit before or after he graduated from college. After the story, Henley goes, you know what, we can have a good week together, but you live in Nashville. I live in Pensacola. It, 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 that's too much difference. So after this week, like we're just going to go back to basically how it was for the last eight years. Now, Kasha is also spending a lot of time with Roman, and she does ask him kind of things about the future. And he's just like, oh, I, I work a lot. I have this really tiny apartment. He never says anything about, you know, them seeing each other throughout the week. Him wanting to see her. Um, him wanting to get together. It's all basically saying, I work too, I work too much. In, in, in the context that she took it as is I work too much. I don't have time for a girlfriend or friends with benefits. Um, it's been a good week. It's basically what she was getting from this. The, the one thing that I find very funny about the relationship between Roman and Kasha is that he will not get close to Jill. Jill is the name of the bionic arm that Kasha wears. Now it's was made by her father. There's like a nano chip that's on uh, the back of her neck that kind of controls the movements of it. Now Jill is a as you can tell, she's a smart arm, and she has some quirks. Um, basically, she's she's a learning uh, bionic arm, and she takes the thought processes that Kasha has, and then she uses that thought process for that. There is um, an incident to where uh, she's in a bedroom with, uh, with Roman and she she does something I cannot remember what it was but all of a sudden she's just like she thinks to herself well fuck me Jill tries to Jill her Jill literally tries to fuck her and she's just like screaming at it no 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 and and finally is able to get like the arm off there's another time to wear um, she's thinking about Roman's butt and she squeezes it. Like this arm has gotten a little bit 
too smart and was just doing some un unpredictable things. Um, Henley and Davis, they decide that, uh, or no, Davis has Henley on a date for one night. So they go to an arcade, um, and they, I've actually, and, and, and they do, um, laser tag, which I've actually done a couple dates playing laser tag. I also did a date playing, uh, paintball and, uh, the guy I was dating at the time, he, I think there were like 15, 20 minute rounds and there was three of them. He made it like five, 10 minutes. And then he was just like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm just like, are you kidding me? So I stayed the entire, like, um, the entire, all games, all, like, throughout the entire thing. And uh, if you've ever had a, um, a paintball shot at the side of your boob, oh my god, that hurt so bad. And I was covered in welts, and I was in a whole, like, Michael Myers uh, jumpsuit getup, too. Um... So they do laser tag, but then they challenge each other to ski ball. Now the winner of ski ball get has a loser be their slave for a day. Uh, Henley wins, so Davis is her slave for the day, right? So the next morning, so it's going to be the next day where he's her slave. So um, she takes Lydia with her the next morning, and they go back to the sex shop. So she gets a couple different things. One of the things that she gets is this vibrating underwear. So there, there's a uh, little vibrator that's right up against the butthole. And then one that is like right up against the, I think from my understanding of it is it go like for the dick and the balls it goes like on the underside of the balls and then on the underside of the shaft as well. I think I, I'm guessing at this point. Um, so he's wearing that and everything is going fine until there's always, there's always an until with this book. Um, until, while they're at this, I think it's like a brunch type thing. Um, like Henley has the vibrations up so far and Monica is over right next to him. Just like rubbing Davis's shoulder, right? And he comes in his pants. So, I mean, that is awkward and just... traumatizing for everyone there. So he decides, you know what, I got to chase after Henley. He goes after where he, and they're, they're right on the beach. So he goes into the water. Unfortunately, he goes up too high to where water hits the underwear. So instead of it um, vibrating, it they it's now come to a, uh, a sort of like a taser. So his 
dick balls and asshole are just getting tased left, right, and center. So he has to hurry up. He has to take his pants off, take the underwear off, bring the pants back up. While flashing everyone everything. Uh, some people applaud Lydia, or not Lydia, some people applaud Henley for uh, for uh, being able to uh, ride the stallion. I don't know. Um, that was bad. That one was so bad. I am so sorry. So it's finally the day of the wedding. And the girls, they asked Lydia, are you sure you want to be here? Because, you know, they can leave at any point. Um, Lydia's just like, yes, I'm sure I need to be here. I need to see this through. So the girls do, um, this one last thing, which is they switch out the seagull or the does for seagulls. Now for me, seagulls are devils with wings. Like they're so mean, which here, here's, here's my question. Either up close or far away. You have to know that that's a seagull and not a dove, right? Because, I mean, for one, whenever they tweet, crow, I, I don't know, cacao, whatever fucking noise either of them makes, I mean, it's different sounding. It has to be. And plus, aren't doves kind of smallish and seagulls are boom, ginormous it's like i don't know possibly i don't know but like i feel like i would see the difference and be just like hmm, one thing is not like the other um <laughs> there's a slideshow that is supposed to start uh that starts at the beginning of the ceremony and it's all these cute pictures of um Anderson and Jane when they're babies and, and it and it goes and then all of a sudden this slideshow takes a turn for the worse. And for once Henley and 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 Kasha are not the reason for this. So instead of it being like cute like teenage and, and baby pictures, no, it's Anderson sleeping with the maid of honor. Like there's pictures of them just fully going at it. And Gretchen is her name. It's Gretchen. Oh fuck. I called her like Bernadette. I am fuck. I have it written in here and it's Gretchen. Shit. I am so sorry. She isn't that big of a character in this, so I didn't feel like putting her in with characters. Shit. I am so sorry. Oh, I just fucked up big time. Anyway. So, uh, Jane and Gretchen, they start fighting. And Lydia stands up. She's got this, like child's toy microphone in her hand she goes and this ladies and gentlemen is why i came here she does a mic drop and she walks out now it turns out that a couple months beforehand she had seen um anderson and gretchen together so she already knew what was up um 
Kasha, like after this, Kasha does have a little bit of a heart to heart with her mom. And her mom, for once, agrees with her that Anderson is an asshole, which he is. I mean, he he cheated. I don't I don't know who, if he cheated on someone um, else besides Lydia and Jane. But did either of those girls deserve it? Not Lydia. I want to say not Jane, but. I don't know, like, does that make me a horrible person if I say Jane deserved it? I don't know. Possibly, do I care? Not really. Um, so, when she, when Kasha has a heart-to-heart with her mom, her mom's just like, you know what, I wish I didn't cheat on your father. I wish I just would have left because literally there was no love in this marriage. Every time I tried to give him an idea, all he would do is would pat me on the back and say, okay, there was really no affection. And I didn't want to say anything before now because you had always idolized your father. And I'm so grateful what he was able to do with you with, with creating your new arm and everything else. But I, because of this, I lost my relationship with you. So Kasha is going through all these different memories and she's just like, holy shit, my mom's right. And, and she's kind of wondering what else that she ended up missing. Now the girls decide that they are going to leave in the morning instead of, um, or they decide that they're going to leave that night instead of in the morning because, you know, this whole week has been just one fucking train wreck after another. So, um, Kasha, she, she just like, she's kind of, she sees Anderson. She's just like, God damn my conscience. So she goes over to Anderson and Anderson's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. She goes, look, Stop dating women for a while. Work on yourself. And then maybe you can find one woman that you can actually commit yourself to. But she says it in a uh, more vulgar way. And I just kind of niced it up a little bit. Um, Kasha and Roman, they have like one last sex fest before she leaves. And she leaves him while he is still sleeping, which is kind of a dick move. But for like the next week or so, um, she is getting pictures sent to her of one of her prosthetic arms that were stolen. Who the fuck steals a prosthetic arm from someone? Um, but she's getting all these weird texts from him with pictures of it. And then, like, a week goes past and all these packages start um, uh, piling up at the door. So, she's just like, tell the guys just to take everything up to to my room. And uh, she finally goes up to the little, it's a, it's a little apartment above the house that she lives in. And she sees that Roman's there and he's just like, you know what, you never... You left without really saying goodbye and and all this stuff and and so they decide they they have sex they decide you know what they're gonna give this relationship 
a shot. She goes downstairs um, to grab water. And Roman comes down because um, her... So Kasha's dad, he he is an inventor. He... Um, he has a whole, all these like interns that, uh, there's two interns that stay with him. And one of them, oh God, I cannot remember this guy's name. I'm not going to say it because I'd probably fuck it up like I did with Gretchen's name because I can't remember it. Um, but, uh, Roman's just like, he kind of goes all like caveman, but it's just like, yeah, we, I'm her boyfriend. We have sex. We just got done having sex. We're going to go up and have more sex. Like he cannot get his mouth to stop. Um, and then it, everything becomes more awkward when, when, um, her dad comes in because this is not the first time, uh, Roman has met her father. Granted, this isn't as awkward as the last time. The last time um, Roman had met her dad, her dad, they they were supposed to give Jill off to her dad so her dad can do some tweaks with it. But after the scene that they walked in on, she's just like, nope, I will see you in a couple days. So they walked in on him going to Pound Town on a blow-up doll, and she's just like, I still can't get the squeaking out of my out of my head. Henley gets back to her house and she's accosted by her ex and Davis shows up and she's just like, yes, I hooked up with him. Uh, you're no longer my issue anymore. She's telling her ex. Now this ex, he's dumb. He's he's he dumb. Um he basically sends her a flowers with an envelope and an envelope is white powder. They, he says it's anthrax. First of all, I think he spelled, I believe they said he spelled anthrax incorrectly. And then, um, it turns out it's just baby powder, but they had to spend the, basically the entire day in quarantine. Now Davis does tell her that, um, he had, Trans that he did transfer to the hospital in which she now works, which she works at. So they start their relationship up. Now there is an epilogue in here to where it's, I believe it's three years later, Roman and Kasha had gotten married about a year after the wedding of which they met at. And about three years later, Davis and Henley are engaged. And we are at the end of the book, my dear people. Woo-hoo! It's so exciting. It was so funny. Like, there are so many parts that have so much humor into it, which I did not even go over at all. Like, there's so... Like, this book, 100%, needs to be made into a goddamn movie. It needs to be. Maybe not even a movie. If they can make, like, a, a one-season series out of this and have it on Netflix, oh, my God. Think of the hilarity. Someone needs to make this. Oh, it is. Just think of all the antics that you can get up to. Oh, my God. It'd be so good. Oh. I Now, please don't hate me. But I think the only thing that could possibly make this better. I mean, this is fantastic as it is. But... No, no. It would be awesome. But I don't think it would work. 
And I think people might hate me, so I'm not going to say it. Nope, nope, nope. Good how it is. Good how it is. Good how it is. Good how it is. Um, I, but seriously, this needs to be made into some sort of movie or 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 miniseries something because this is too good to not be made into anything. Um, God, I, I remember the first time I read this book, I literally, I think I was at work and I was on break. I was reading and I had just taken a drink of water and I had to turn towards the wall. Cause I said, I said it at a corner, I turned towards the wall and just spit water everywhere because it was either that or choke. Um, oh my god. So good. Highly recommend you guys read it if you have not read it yet. God, it's so good. And we've actually now come to the part where we get to pick our next series or book. Um, so be while I am mixing all this stuff up, I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me. You guys can find me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Not Your Normal Books Podcast. You can also um, email me at notyournormalbooks at gmail.com. Um, you can email me or message me on Instagram with any book suggestions, any thoughts and feelings that you guys have, any questions, anything like that. Really, if you guys want to tell me some dumb stories, like I tell you guys about myself sometimes, I'm okay with that too. I will. If you guys want them read on the air, if you guys don't, let me know. Um, yeah, so our next... I'm uh, not looking. Our next... Pick is... I got one. Okay. So the book that we have is another standalone. It's Enemies by... I'm going to fuck this name up so hard. And I am so sorry. Um, I'm going to Google how to say this name properly. Uh, so it's Enemies by Tijan. I believe that is how you pronounce it correctly. This is a standalone. Um, so that will be our next series, uh, our next book. So I will see you guys all next week.